Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Spiritual Thoughts, Episode 173. This topic is something that means a lot to me. It is one that I have pondered for literally decades. And the older I get, the more I experience and the more I see. And the more sadness and sorrow I feel because of life's choices of those around me, the more important this topic is. Let me start with an experience that I had when I was about 20 years old. I was serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the southern states area, southern Alabama, northern Florida of the United States. And for those of you who are unaware, when we're out on a mission, the mission is structured around a hierarchy that basically peeks out at an individual that at the time was called the mission president. I think the title has since changed. But ultimately, the mission president was there to guide, counsel, and even reprimand at times if necessary. Um, But mostly, they were there to help us when we had questions. Sometimes it was about the work. Sometimes it was about the gospel. Um, For me... I was serving in an area that was often referred to as the Bible Belt. And we went into homes or met people on the streets who would do things that we refer to as Bible bashing, which basically means I'm right and you're wrong. Let's argue about it. Now, I'm not saying that that's good, but that's how it went down often. And in the course of conversations with people, I began to have a question. It wasn't one that was necessarily a question of faith for me. I believed in the church and in the gospel that the church was built on, but I had a question and the question revolved around the name of the church. One of the things that confused me was this idea that when Christ was on the earth, when he lived in Jerusalem, he established a church. It was the church of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not actually even sure that in the New Testament it explicitly says the name of the church. Was it the Church of Jesus Christ, the Church of Christ, the Church of Jesus, the Church of Jesus of Nazareth? Um, I'm not sure it explicitly says, but I assumed that it was something like the Church of Jesus Christ. When he died and was resurrected and eventually made his way to the Americas, uh, and as it talks about in the Book of Mormon, it also refers to him establishing a church and says that, you know, if it's my church, it's going to have my name in it. So the Church of Jesus Christ. Well, after the church in both the Americas as well as the Old World, the world of Jerusalem, fell into anarchy and the Dark Ages, ultimately, eventually in 1830, through Joseph Smith and uh, resurrected beings, the church was the term is reorganized as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I asked my mission president the question, why the change in name? It says in the scriptures that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that the gospel itself is an eternal law. And so I was confused why the name of the church was changed and how that was okay when it came to that principle. And... Interestingly enough, I didn't actually get an answer from him that was satisfactory to me. Um, He just simply said, well, it's the same church, but different dispensations and therefore different names. And um, 
it took me months and months of studying before I finally came to an understanding. And I don't believe that this was one of those moments where I read a verse and the verse had the answer in it. This was one of those I was doing studying in the scriptures and praying about it. And the answer came to me through the Holy Ghost as most answers to gospel or other worldly questions come to us. And the answer was actually very simple, that the gospel is the eternal law. It is God's law. Um, Just like you might say that the law of mathematics is the universal language or the universal law. Um, The gospel is the law. The church is a vehicle. Now, I'm not saying it is just this because I know that there's more to it than that, but it is a vehicle to help us to live the law, which is why the church is always changing to fit the needs of the members and really the world at the time. Uh, For example, when uh, Jesus Christ was on the earth, I don't recall having read anywhere in the New Testament where it talks about whether drinking um, uh, wine was in and of itself good or bad. In fact, we know Christ drank wine. Uh, It talks about it at the one where he turned water into wine. Um, I don't remember it specifically talking about things like smoking or chewing tobacco, but it is often understood that don't do drugs is a good thing. Uh, In the early 1830s, Joseph Smith received a revelation that that we refer to as the word of wisdom. It's in the Doctrine and Covenants that talks about uh, things like drugs and alcohol and so on and so forth. Is that a change? Well, it is not a change to the gospel. It is a change to, to the church, the vehicle for helping us to live the gospel. Now, I'm telling you that this is my understanding of things, but it helped me to truly understand two fundamental principles. Number one, that there is a difference between the gospel and the church. And by that, I mean, yes, they are both built on Jesus Christ, but one is an eternal and unchanging law, and the other one is a vehicle, the church, for helping us to live it. And even though Christ is the head of the church, the church itself is run by imperfect beings. And like imperfect beings, it refers to the church in the scriptures as a living church. Well, with the exception of Jesus Christ, everything that is living is imperfect and is going to make mistakes. So the first principle is there's a difference between the gospel and the church. The second thing is that the church is imperfect and it is intended to be imperfect. I'm going to read a scripture from the Book of Mormon, the Book of Ether, my favorite book in the Book of Mormon, specifically my favorite chapter, Ether 12. This is verse 8 and 9. This is coming from um, an interjection, if you will, from the prophet Moroni uh, as he is finishing the golden plates to basically button them up and bury them for good, or at least for a century, almost two centuries, when, when, he was, when Joseph Smith was guided to find them in 1823, I believe. And the scripture reads, But because of the faith of men, he has shown himself unto the world, and glorified the name of the Father, and prepared a way that thereby others might be partakers of the heavenly gift, that they might hope for those things which they have not seen. Wherefore, ye may also have hope and be partakers of the gift, if ye will but have faith. 
Nowhere in the scriptures does it say you're going to find this perfection and you're going to know this perfection and you're going to follow this perfection. Let's look at when Jesus Christ was on the earth. He was and is and will only ever be the only perfect being on this earth. And yet people still didn't believe him and still didn't follow them or follow him. They still needed to have faith. Well, if something is perfect, I would argue that faith becomes less necessary because it should be more obvious. Now, let's take people who believe that the earth is flat, for example, versus those who believe that it is not. Um, Let's use the term common sense says that it is round, but there's still people out there who believe that it is flat. Um, Does that mean they're right or wrong? I'm not here to debate that, but the point is, regardless of how perfect something may seem, people still have to have faith in it. Well, if Christ's church here on earth is imperfect, which it is, because it is basically run by imperfect beings, it increases the need that we have to have faith. And if you read through the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, anything and everything that refers back to Heavenly Father or Jesus Christ or the Holy Ghost in any way, shape, or form, you will constantly see the word faith. So I bring all of this up because there are those out there who find the imperfections in the church and in the people of the church and use that as an excuse to walk away. Use that as an excuse to fight against the church. And what I am saying here is that those imperfections are intended. They are supposed to be there because we need to have faith. And those perfections, if they were to exist, would make faith less necessary. And we need to have the faith. One of the examples that I love to use in comparing the gospel and the church to something that's a real world example, not to say the church isn't real world because it is, but it's something that some of us can relate to even more, is the idea of a university. Let's assume or parallel mathematics to the gospel. I'm not saying our understanding of mathematics is perfect, but I am saying that mathematics is, as a communication language of the sciences, probably perfect. Since our knowledge of it is imperfect, it's hard to say for sure, but it definitely seems to lend itself to that. So let's compare it to the gospel. The gospel is perfect and unchanging. Let's say mathematics is perfect and unchanging. However, to teach us mathematics, let's take a person who is perfect and knows everything about mathematics and wants to teach us about mathematics. They establish a university, and this university is intended to teach us about mathematics. However, this university is not going to be taught at every class by that perfect being. They are going to teach other people who will then teach the rest of us. Very similar to how a university is run. Now, if you look around the world, there are many, many schools of various degrees. The reason for this example is to make it understood that lots of universities would pop up to teach mathematics. And they're all going to teach it in different ways. There might even be some that teach that mathematics doesn't exist 
or the mathematics is evil and wrong? Which are you to believe? And where is your faith going to lie? There is only going to be one university that was stood up by the perfect being. One university where the teachers of it were taught by the perfect being through time and scripture. This is very much how the church and the gospel is established. The gospel, like mathematics, is perfect, and vice versa. The university, like the church, is imperfect, led by imperfect beings who are learning and understanding as things change and grow. And our understanding of how to help the people get through life is constantly changing and growing. Look at the sciences. Look at, um, I, I read recently that the very first person in the history of the world who was diagnosed with autism just recently died. That goes to show you how recent of a diagnosis that is. Yet it's been around for arguably centuries. There are many people through history that people go, yep, they probably had it. But we didn't understand it or diagnose it until the last century. And so just like the world, the church is living, breathing, and growing. And it is a way to help us crawl before we walk, walk before we run. If we were taught everything right out of the gate, it would probably be too much for us to understand, comprehend, and, and consume, and it might cause us to collapse. So we need it in pieces. The pieces we're ready to accept. This has been very preachy. Um, but I also feel very passionate about this topic because I think it is largely not understood, the difference between the gospel and the church. So I have to say, from a testimony perspective, I do firmly believe that the gospel is the gospel of Christ, the gospel that is taught in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that, even though it is imperfect, that Christ is the head of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and led by him but through imperfect beings. And therefore, it is an imperfect tr church, just like the university in the example that I gave is imperfect, even though it is run or led by a perfect being. To conclude, and in the immortal words of my youngest son, Superman, Smile, be happy, and remember that you're worth it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>